Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. quiet and I won't need to hurt you. Wait, wait, wait. Why are you breaking into the lab? What are you... That's strange. What part of keep quiet didn't you understand? So, ready to hold your tongue now? (coughs) So much noise. Could you try coughing quietly? What are you doing here anyway? Class is in session, and today we're taking a look at the Tales series' first high-definition entry set in Rize Maxia. As always, I am your host, Scott White, also known as Professor RPG. And this week, I have the pleasure of welcoming to the university community manager, event organizer, and one of the amazing panelists from my PAX West panel, Haley Early, to talk about Tales of Exilia and Gazongas. Hey, Haley, how's it going? It's going. How are you, Scott? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, yeah, Tales of Exilia, fantastic game. Um, we were talking about a little bit about it prior to the show and how it's such a shame you can't easily buy it anymore. But yeah, we're here to, uh, I have you on an actual episode now, so that's very exciting. Thank you for joining me. Very, yeah, no problem. Super happy to be here. Um, but yes, before we jump into Tales of Exilia proper, let's take a look back on when this game released and what you might have been playing at the time. Now, this game did originally release in Japan first on September 8th, 2011. It made its jump overseas to North America on August 6th, 2013, and then Europe and Australia on August 9th, 2013. Some other games you could have been playing around the same time that year include the first release of Grand Theft Auto V. Bioshock Infinite, the first release of Last of Us, Super Mario 3D World, the amazing Rayman Legends, the criminally underrated Sly Cooper Thieves in Time, Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn, a game close, very close to both Haley and I's hearts, yes, Pokemon absolutely. X and Y, and Zelda Link Between Worlds. So were you into any of these games, or did Tales of Exilia just eat all your time that year? It did not eat all of my time. A lot of my time, yes. But no, I've been playing A Realm Reborn since uh, beta, so I was really excited for its official launch. Uh, I was play. I did play Pokemon X and Y as well as a diehard Pokemon fan. I play every entry that comes out, and I was super hyped for Link Between Worlds. It's a fantastic game. Absolutely wonderful. Love Link Between Worlds. Love Link Between Worlds. And mm-hmm, if you so are good. also a fan of Final Fantasy XIV, be sure to tune in next week. For episode 100 of RPG University, the Final Fantasy XIV special. So look forward to that, everybody. But I can't believe you didn't invite me for the Final Fantasy XIV special. I'm feeling a little attacked. For what Scott. it's worth, I did set up everything like before I even knew you. Okay, I forgot. I'm you upset now. that when I put out the call for people to share their favorite memories and moments of Final Fantasy XIV, you didn't share any. I am also disappointed in myself for that. I think I honestly, I think I might have missed that uh, that post. <laughs> See, we can be equally disappointed in each other. In Absolutely, shared disappointment—that's a true sign of friendship. It's true, very true. But we are here not to talk about disappointment or Final Fantasy fourteen. Right. We are here to talk about Jude and Mila and the wonderful cast and game that is Tales of Azilia. So, Haley, <clears throat> excuse me. What was what's your history with the Tales series specific, like in general, or was like Tales of Exilia your first entry? Like, give us the history with the ta- give give me your Tales tale, as it were. My Tales tale, absolutely. So I started with Tales of Symphonia, which I think is a lot of us actually. Yep. I think a lot of people started with Symphonia. Um, I played it back on the GameCube when I was young, and it's one of my it was one of my favorite one of my favorite uh, GameCube games. 
Um, I've played Tales of the Abyss as well. I didn't play Tales of the Abyss until it was on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also played Vesperia. Vesperia is one of my favorite ones, oh, actually. Vesperia is so good. Um, so good. I really loved that one. It has like that more mature theme, which is something I also actually feel about Exilia quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I felt that it had some more mature themes that I had personally experienced in some of the other Tales games. Like I've also played Tales of Hearts R, for example. Um, a little bit, bit of like Tales of Innocence. Bit, bit rougher yeah. of an entry. Yeah, that that is that's a rough entry. A, not gonna it was lie. A thing. Uh, I I bought it to support the series because. Back in those Same. days, we weren't sure if we would get new Tales games or not, so had to support even the bad ones. We had we had to support those important uh, localizations. I've also played uh, I've played Tales of Berseria. I actually really love Berseria quite oh, a bit. Yeah, phenomenal game. It was such a step up from Zestiria, which I do not hold any good emotion about. Some of the characters, it's unfortunate because some of the characters in Zestiria, they had the unfortunate circumstances of just not being in a very good game. See, I like the story of Zestiria. I think what set me, like, really knocked it down a number of pegs for me was the kind of convoluted mechanics they threw in. Yeah, I did not resonate a lot with the battle system. Unfortunately, I didn't click that much with the protagonist either. I liked all of the other characters a lot more. Oh, yeah. And there's also, there was also the situation where uh, Alicia, you know, um, there was kind of that, oh, like, discourse. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> the the fan flip out feedback. The, the, honestly, Bandai Namco pulled a ride in, like a Metal Gear Solid 2 ride in mm-hmm. with Alicia. They did. Yep. I remember when that game was announced. I watched the live stream at some very unusual hour because it was a Japanese live mm-hmm. stream. And, you know, in all of the marketing, Alicia is this build as this, you know, like one of the protagonists, which was great. And then they did her so dirty. It was unfortunate. I truthfully have never gone back and actually played the Alicia DLC, like where she's the main character. I haven't either. I haven't either, but it's something that should, the fact that it's DLC even in and of itself is something that should not have happened. True. Oh, I guess I, you know, I guess I also play Tales of Arise as well. I have some mixed feelings on that particular entry. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I liked some of the characters. Uh, Hoodle the Owl is a great friend. MVP. Everything I, about- I know at PAX when I mentioned they had like a life-size Hoodle plushie at the Bandai Namco booth. We both squeed I, I, that. That was- I ran to that booth. I was like, I will break him out of this glass prison if it's the last thing I do. He deserves freedom. Um, I think one of the big things, I don't know if other people feel this way, but I feel like the monsters and the bosses in that game had a rather ridiculous amount of HP. Like, encounters just felt mm-hmm. like they went on forever and ever and ever. Like, just this yeah. endless, like, onslaught of you just mashing the same buttons. And, of course, like, you've always mashed the same buttons in Tales of games. But, like, I don't remember boss encounters being that long in other games. On top of that, it seems like the structure for the DLC, it, it, was try- it seemed like it was kind of trying to push you to, mm-hmm. like buy the dlc that like helps you out like like with like experience and money and all that stuff that was kind of an impression i got from the game there was a lot of things i liked about the game but on the other hand i was like i'm not clicking as much with like the entire cast and i feel that like hoodle is carrying this entire game for me (laughs) and the fishing mini game that fishing mini game was intricate it was um had some had some strong i i feel like it had some pretty damn it had one of the stronger uh female lineup of cast members i thought i thought the female members were were strong uh, were very good um Mm -hmm. but yeah hoodle hoodle mvp easy easy mvp easy like getting all the owls and oh Mm -hmm. and the owl king and queen i love them and how he oh so good but tales of rise can be its own episode it'll have its own episode we are coming back we're coming back to exilia so what was it about by this point you were kind of familiar with the the tales franchise and everything so what was it that really stood out or drew you in like did you pick this up on launch like when it first came out or did you kind of did pick it up on launch and i had actually looked forward to it long before it had launched here in north america 
I had been really excited for the release and I had like followed some content and like uh things online from the Uh Japanese release and like friends I knew who knew Japanese and had imported the game and I would just remember thinking I you know really love like these character designs I love this kind of relationship that Jude and uh Mila had and um you know when I booted up the game I guess I you know, I wasn't too sure if that's going to transfer. Sometimes you see uh-huh. content online, you think you're going to enjoy something and you don't. But, you know, I immediately resonate with that. I'm like, okay, this this guy, he's a med student. He's kind of around my age bracket. That's uh-huh. kind of cool. And then he, you know, he basically meets this mysterious woman and is like, I'm going to go off on an adventure. And I'm like, I really resonate with that. That's something that would never happen in real life. And I just absolutely love it. So I really like the the dynamic of Jude and Mila, like, is something that resonated, like, very deeply with me. Um, I really liked their dynamic quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really liked the cast across the board. Um, yeah. I enjoyed a lot of the characters. Tipo is very good. Mm-hmm. The, I like Tipo. the sex toy mascot? How dare you say I, that about Tipo? I mean, have did you never see, like, the sex toy that looked like Tipo? I have seen it, and I try to pretend that I didn't. <laughs> but I've uh, moved on. Yeah. <laughs> it's a th- it was it was quite the meme for it, it was a proto meme back in the day cuz I don't think there were too many like I don't think the term meme it really existed yet, but uh But yeah, you know, it, that's a good question. You're making me ask questions like when did the did term meme coined? Was it I don't, I don't know. know. I think I'm too old. Around. I'm too old. I don't know anymore. But yeah, this had a a love, a, a really really good cast. I'm I'm right there with you. I loved Alvin, um, Elise. I thought her story and everything and character development with Elise, I thought was really strong. It is. Um, yeah, it was it was good. It was. Yeah, I completely agree. Good. Elise is a character I really liked, and the way she grew was fantastic. Um. And, you know, of course, like, it was even great, like, seeing a lot of that, like, character development, like, roll over into Exilia 2 as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it had, I really liked all the villains as well. Like, granted, Mm -hmm. you would see a lot more of them later, but, like, Gaius, strangely overly horny muse, uh, kind of the craziness of Wingull and Zhao, and, like, all the stuff with Zhao I thought was really interesting, but... You had mentioned the visuals. I think Zillia has some of the most aesthetically well-designed, like, villages and towns of the the series. Like, Jude's starting off point where all the trees, it's, like, perpetually dusk and all the trees, like, lit up themselves, I still Mm -hmm. think is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. I completely agree. The way the visual and, like, graphic design of, um... Exilia is gorgeous. I like the color palette a lot. I like the designs, like all the architecture for like those cities and towns is great. That first, like you said, that first like area, like city you're in with Jude, it's like perpetually dusk. Gorgeous. Love it. It's just the world is just beautiful. Wow. I'm, I'm, re- I have a uh, Zalia wiki up and apparently Jude's supposed to be 15 years old with Mila only 20. Like, they seem... That's not... Yeah, I don't think I actually knew Way that older. Alvin I assumed... He, I mean, if he, he was in... A man was... He was in med school. So you would presumably... You would think he's yeah. between the ages of 20 to 25 and that Mila is also between the ages of 20 to 25. Yeah. Uh, she's... Tw- Mila is 20 years old. And Jude is supposed to be 15 along with Leah. He does not act 15. No, he doesn't. Just he he acts he, more he like a maturity. young 20s. Yeah. Just like add I'm six like, years to everybody. Yeah, but we have we know how it goes. Like those eight ages in JRPGs and, uh, and you know, Japanese media That's in true. general is a little skewed. Like anime is a great example. And Tales of, Tales of Series is like the token, like anime, like action RPG series. I feel like, and yeah, ages are strange. And I'm like, perhaps we should figure out that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like even thinking like how Jude is like one of his main, not quirks, but like one of his main character kind of attributes to him is he's very analytical and analyzes thing. He always mm-hmm. kind of puts his fingers to his temple and thinks things through. He's always crunching the numbers. Yeah. That, that doesn't, that screams 
that does not scream 15 year old <laughs> um, i don't know any 15 year olds that were in med school yeah. at that age doogie hauser really. neil patrick okay. harris says doogie hauser okay perhaps there's somebody <laughs> perhaps, perhaps perhaps there's someone <laughs> but yeah um i think exilia i think has a way of like drawing you into it and it's really great. And I honestly, a Brosaria also gave me that feeling as well. But, you know, it's something that I feel it's like is so iconic to like Exilia. And it when I played Exilia, it felt different to me than mm-hmm. any other Tales of game I had played at that point. Like, and it's kind of sometimes it's a little hard for me to describe what that is. But I really do think it's just the way that the characters were handled and the writing and then, of course, like, visually speaking, it looked a lot different to me than what I had played yeah. before. I mean, coming from the PS2 era, I mean, it was, this game had was a huge step up visually from the previous generation of things. And I, like you, I, I much more gravitate towards the Tales games, especially now, as I'm older, that aren't so stereotypically or... Uh, constantly uh, happy and positive. Like, power mm-hmm. of friendship will save us and all this. And granted, I don't mind that happening at some points, but I like I I like some believe slightly believable conflict or like dark surprises in um, mm-hmm. my games mm-hmm. and. Like, with the stuff with Elise and Zhao, and kind of Mila, and everything kind of that she goes through, and Alvin's stuff, it's... I I appreciated that. Because I played this, let's see, yeah, it was 2013, so I, had, I was out of college at this point. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I appreciated that it wasn't just all happy-go-lucky. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, you know, for the most part, tales of games are very stereotypical and what I expect of, like, I guess, like, a shonen anime and then, like, an anime RPG. Like, it has all these, like, very typical tropes. Um, like you said, the power of friendship, that sort of thing. I do feel that Exilia diverged from that, while at the same time still having those typical things. I feel like one thing that always ha- the two things that always happen in a tales game. One the protagonist has some like weird bizarre reason for why he needs to leave his hometown it's never just like i'm gonna go yeah it's there's there's a reason like a lot of them become like outlaws for some reason like where they have to leave and there's no choice Mm -hmm. around that or the other thing is there's always someone that betrays the party which of course we did have that here it ended up working out but you know we did have that character who betrays the party so it still feels like a tales game while like kind of i think um shaking up the formula which Mm -hmm. is also something i felt about my other favorite one which is berseria was that i felt that there was a shift up with uh, velvet as a character and it was uh, darker in tone and uh it was more emotional and i really really like that Mm -hmm. about exili it was i felt very like emotionally attached to what was happening in the story. Like I actually cared about these characters. I remember there being I remember there being moments where some of those scenes with Jude and Mila, I felt very emotional, teared up, even. Yeah, it I in the kind of plot twist in venturing to the other kind of other world aspect later mm-hmm. on in the game, I thought was really, really interesting. Um Yeah, absolutely. Um, I appreciated I in Symphonia. I I appreciated, and I don't re- and I don't remember if I knew that was going to happen because I imported this game, but not knowing Japanese, I didn't get very far. But yeah. it was one of those things where I was so impressed with the the previews they had shown in Japan and what it looked like and the character designs, everything like that. It's like I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to import it, and it was probably my first or second game I ever imported. Mm-hmm. It, it just spoke to me so much and it, it i mean at that time it was very much a crapshoot whether or not a tales game was going to get localized it was vastly different than it is today where mm-hmm. it's almost like day and date it's like simultaneous worldwide release which would yeah blow it's actually crazy back then if you think about 10 years ago i've had a number of people ask me like you know why did you start 
studying Japanese. I started studying Japanese probably about, um, I think it was probably, yeah, actually, I actually think it was about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons was actually because there was a ton of games that didn't get localized. Exilia was actually like under that like list, I believe, if I remember correctly. Um, I really wanted to play that along with other games. So I started studying Japanese because the localization situation was just not good. Yeah. Um, and it usually took like a year or two if if it was going to get localized at all. Um, and now it's totally different. We don't have to think about those things as much anymore. We even, there are even like Japanese uh, releases that end up on Steam. Like one of the ones that comes to mind that blows my mind that it's on the Japanese uh, Steam page is uh, the latest Idol Master game. I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. Because Japan isn't very heavy on PC like we are over here because their uh, society is more mm -hmm. mobile. Uh, so they focus on things more like the PSP, Vita, or uh, Switch. But um, yeah, it's crazy now to see like all these uh, localizations and we don't have to worry about whether or not we're going to get the game. Like I used to import games all of the time. Um, I almost imported Exilia as well, and I'm just glad the market has shifted in that regard, so everyone oh, yeah. can experience experience these what, games. What's your kind of pride and joy um, imported game? Pride and joy imported game. Ooh, ooh, that's such a good question. Um, uh, so it's most definitely I have two. Uh, it's it's Fatal Frame Four, mm -hmm. the Wii game. Uh, that game is the physical copy of that game is very expensive. The fact that we are now getting that release on modern consoles blows my mind because I imported that game and I got it for sixty dollars at the time. Now it's like a hundred and fifty dollar game. Oh wow! Um, and it's actually I never ended up ended up getting to play it because despite the fact that my Japanese is like pretty decent now, I always kind of had a mixed feeling about playing through a horror game. Mm -hmm. in Japanese. I was like, ooh, that sounds kind of stressful. Um, <laughs> but uh, I love the Fatal Frame series. It's one of the most meaningful series to me, and 4 is always one that I was like very invested in the lore in. Um, a lot of the other imports I have have made it over now. The only other thing that could come to mind is my Idolmaster games, since I'm a diehard Idolmaster fan, and those will never really get localizations because the market's too niche. Are those like those are like rhythm games, right? They are idle simulation games. Okay. So it's like idle raising, essentially. Okay. So you focus on like getting your girls to uh, be the top idols. So they have like they're, they're top of the charts. You focus on CD sales, lessons, and then when you go to do like a concert, um, it's more it's a it's more of a proper rhythm game now. Mm -hmm. But older releases, it had like an appeal system, and it was done. It was very stat based. Uh, there was actually like oh, interesting things like the lessons and all of that and raising certain stats actually really mattered. And now it's more just a normal um, rhythm game and the structure has shifted. Huh. But um, I have a bunch of Idolmaster limited editions. I am a huge fan. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk, mention briefly like Fatal Frame is one of those series that I've always wanted to get into. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Uh, it would be nice if they had the original three games in a more accessible fashion, because currently the only way you can play the three games digitally is if you have a PS... Or, well, actually, the PS3 store is gone, but it was PS3. So uh -huh. you can't actually install them on the PS4 or the PS5. So if, unless you want to get them physically or just uh, you know pirate them or something... That's kind of your options, which is unfortunate. It's stuff like that and like with Tales of Gazillia that I am like a hundred percent behind people emulating games. Like I'm much more okay agree. with like games from like the PS3 era, like that are still like you can't actively get them anymore. Like PS4 is like, okay, it's starting to phase out, but you can still actively play a lot of your PS4 games on your PS5s or like modern things. Mm -hmm. But like older games that these companies just abandon that you can't buy anymore you can't play anymore readily it's like man fuck y'all like i am a huge proponent of like video game conservation and like preservation <laughs> excuse me so stuff like this is just annoys me but as 
computers and things get better, then it becomes easier and easier to, or more and more likely and able, people can emulate these games and still experience them. And I think it's so, so important. But. Yeah, I completely and utterly agree. I, I think it's really important. Uh, I think having making your library accessible is really important. And when we abandon that, like what record pe- people shouldn't have to spend one hundred and fifty dollars or you know however much. That's a good example. Like three DS games are mm-hmm. in a dire state. If I want a copy, a physical copy of Dragon Quest Eight, it's going to cost me anywhere like anywhere from a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars. That's like. That's like triple, almost like quadruple the price of what that game retailed for. It's the same thing with Fatal Frame. Uh, if you look at the PS2 prices of Fatal Frame 1, 2, and 3, it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so. what gets me is like Pokemon versions, like Heart Gold, Soul Silver, or okay. like Black and White 2. Like those are DS games, but those games have exploded in price. Like older Pokemon games explode in price. They do absolutely, and the, oh, I love I love Heart Gold and Soul Silver oh, so much. Still, my favorite generation, like Gen Two and like the Gen Two remakes, are still my is still in my opinion to me the peak of poke that Pokemon has got to. I think that's a very a very fair assessment. I think um, Heart Gold and Soul Silver are phenomenal remakes. I genuinely wish that um, Gen Four had gotten a better remake on Switch. I personally could not be bothered with that game because I honestly I thought it looked terrible first and foremost and second off I my understanding was that there were still like bugs that were present in the original launch of the game and I feel that that's just a low effort remake it it's not the same quality of heart gold and soul silver it's not the same quality of um the ruby and sapphire remake well even let's go pikachu and eevee were vastly uh, those are great games I love those vastly improved in better than the brilliant diamond and shining pearl or shining mm-hmm. diamond brilliant whatever it was i actually i actually loved uh, the let's go games a lot i thought those I were fun like takes yeah right it, absolutely same here i was like oh okay and then i started playing i was like this is just fun like the, the, there's nothing more to it mm-hmm. like this actually takes like some i love i love pokemon to death as it just is but let's go really struck a specific chord with me and I was like, I hope they do this for other games. And I, uh, I felt very strongly about uh, Pokemon Legends. Uh, Arceus was. Um, mm-hmm. I think that game is amazing. It like reminded me of exactly how I felt um, mm-hmm. when I first got into Pokemon with Pokemon Yellow. It was. Yeah. It gave me that same emotion. Um. Oh my gosh! This is we have got so many other directions. We uh, gotta, we gotta, we gotta recalibrate. Back, I was just thinking that. I was. No. Back to Zillia. So one of the things that I really impressed me and I think nailed a great balance with new and old um, Tales Combat was the the new combat system, the dual raid linear motion battle system, I thought was fantastic. And I just realized, uh, for people listening to this, I now realize that this was not the first HD Tales game. It was Tales of Vesperia was on 360. So I apologize mm-hmm retconning it it was another version of myself that said that but that's like exilia 2 stuff but but no i loved being able to pair up to different characters and each character giving different effects or different bonuses or like different things they could do loved it yes i completely agree i found the battle system really engaging like you said being able to like uh, link up with different characters and have those like different arts and effects was just it was just fun mm-hmm. it took some of the like repetition out of it and just made it a lot more engaging um and enjoyable uh to to do and it and that was you... one of my favorite things i i, yeah. I enjoyed combat in that game like a, you know sometimes you play like an act a JR, jrpg and you, you maybe have to grind and you're just like oh i don't really want to do that mm-hmm but I enjoyed doing it in Exilia. And I and I liked how you gained the benefits of the characters. Like, even just... If you wanted to swap off Melia or Jude, other characters played vastly different. Like, you had Elise mm-hmm. that could swap between close range and long range with Tipo, like, sending Tipo out. You had Elvin that could do both gun and sword and, like, break guards and whatnot. You had Jude snap pivot, like, just appearing behind enemies it was such a 
good combat system. Fast paced, really snappy. Um, and then you could do all that and then also kind of pair up with characters so you could also take advantage of kind of their abilities. It was, it was so good. So good. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree. Are we allowed to talk about Exilia 2 at all? Is that, oh, is that, we, is we, we can touch game? on it. We can touch on it. Sure. Okay. Why not? Very cool. I just think Exilia 2 is a, kind of like a great thing because the, the battle system, I don't know what you thought about the battle system in that game, but I thought it was like even more like improved off of the first mm-hmm. game quite a bit. Um, I liked the like time uh, mechanics a lot and I thought that was like really great and enjoyable um for me and also just seeing how like all the characters from the first game uh Mm -hmm. you know grew because there was kind of like a time skip to it so even though jude wasn't your protagonist anymore like all of those characters played a very heavy role in the game yeah still and it was always good to like get them back in the party and re-interact with them um yes but yeah so what I Zillia was one of the games when I asked you what games you wanted to talk about um, for your episode. Zillia, Berseria were some you mentioned. What What is it about Zillia that has kind of stood the test of time with you? Like when you think Tales of Exilia, what comes to mind? Definitely the characters. Um, to me, like what, you know, obviously the battle systems matter in these types of games. But the truth is, I think what people love about JRPGs is the story and the characters and the world setting. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, it does not matter how good your battle system is. You could have the most immaculate, enjoyable battle system, but if all of those things fall flat, I'm not probably not going to play your game and it's not going to hold my attention because that's really why we're there. Yeah. Um, I feel that... Uh, I still love... Tales of Symphonia, but I don't think it lands the same way that it did for me when I was younger. Still, I still yeah. love it, but it's it didn't doesn't quite feel that way. Whereas like Exilia struck such a like a chord with me on like uh, I guess like an emotional level that it's still something I think fondly on. I think if I replayed it now, I would still feel the same way because I just enjoy time spent with those characters and the story mm-hmm. and the world across the board. Um, so I think that's the most meaningful thing to me is the way that all the characters interact and connect with each other. And it feels, it feels meaningful. Yeah. I, I, I got my main start with the tale series like you with Symphonia and a few years ago I did like on my Twitch stream, I played through the entire translated series in a year. Like it was my tales of marathon and Mm -hmm. revisiting the games I I loved Exilia. I love being able to revisit it. And even now I I have come to realize that like while yes, Symphonia is a wonderful game, it is not aged anywhere near as well as any like any of the games Abyss and onward. I think Abyss aged pretty well like combat-wise. I th- I think it mm-hmm. still feels good to play. Uh, I think if you didn't originally play or have that nostalgia mentality towards symphonia it it's harder to get into nowadays Mm -hmm. um but games like exilia like vesperia it are much easier to kind of jump in and still enjoy in 2022 and like you said with characters i i like how there's a genuine badass old guy that's not like old as in 33 He's old as like in his sixties. <laughs> He's actually an old guy. He's I I completely old. agree. I completely agree, and it makes me think about how Sid from Final Fantasy fourteen is only thirty five, despite him looking like a crispy seventy. Oh, is he? No, oh they're... my god! I'm a I'm a year removed from Sid. I'm less than a year removed away from Sid. Oh, you're god. you're almost you're almost granddaddy I, level. Congratulations! I, <laughs> I am almost granddad anime anime granddad level. Grandfather oh, Scott. This is going to uh, be great. One of the things I, I appreciate, and I don't know if you view them the same, Haley, but I have come to view a lot of the summon spirits 
in the Tales games as fondly and as like sacred as I do in Final like the summons in Final Fantasy. Like when there's a Tales game that doesn't have like Ifrit and Gnome and Maxwell, it bums me out. So seeing them take such a center stage here in Azilia, absolutely loved. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. And I, I feel that way about Final Fantasy as well. Um, summons are something so key and iconic. And so I really loved, I honest, I also really felt that way about Exilia, seeing them play such a like dominant role in the game. And I, I love the banter between them. Like, Oh yeah, it's so I, funny. Like, I love really that aspect that w- wasn't really looked at too closely in other games. Like I loved the kind of nagging at Mila and the banter between all of them here in Zillia. It was, it's part of the charm that I think still radiates for me with this game. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree. I felt that a lot of the like banter and writing in general for Exilia was like really good. Like all the skits are fun. Mm-hmm. Like all, all of them are fun and enjoyable. Um, and and they, I think voiced. Skits are too. Hmm? And the fact that skits are voiced. Yes. Oh, that's so important. Having voiced skits. Great. It's chef's kiss. Is there a particular moment in Exilia that really stands out to you or that you, you remember fondly? That I remember fondly. Um, let me think about it because there's a lot of, you know, really good ones between like Jude and Mila, which I was very invested in their, um, I really like the, the moment when, um, after everything kind of got locked away from Mila and she was like powerless, like, really injured like Jude took care of her like carried her on his back and kind of tended to her for mm-hmm. a while and like that really drastic shift in their relationship yes. with one another like Mila being this very strong independent kind of mentor like figure to Jude suddenly losing all of that not really being able to walk that and then him stepping up and being like okay i i'm gonna take care of you now he's got this it, it, i got i know this. exactly i know exactly what you're talking about and i actually agree there's like a scene where they're both like sitting down and talking and it feels like they really connect in that moment like it feels like their bond like deep and so much more mm-hmm. um so i really I, I really loved like that i guess like development I also, I just need to also just shout out the hilarious skit where Jude, where uh, Rowan and Alvin kind of play a joke on Jude about bazongas and get Jude to just scream, I want to know about bazongas as Mila and the (laughs) the other women are walking by and then just glare and give him shit for it. That's a classic skit. Um, Jude's a a pure boy, honestly. He's... A pure 15-year-old lad. Yeah, all he thinks about is crunching the numbers. He doesn't have time (laughs) for anything else. So I respect him. It's true. How does the... How do the villains... Or the quote-unquote villains stack up for you here compared to other tales? Gaius, you know... Gaius is great. Honestly, I, I really liked Gaius. A lot of the, like, encounters with him are, like, very fun. I think I think the villains in this game are pretty strong and the like story surrounding mm-hmm. those villains is also like pretty strong. And it's like, you know, I, I have some like memorable stuff from um Tales of Symphonia. Like Kratos, you know, he and like everything that happens yeah. with that ends up being like really cool. Uh so but I think like some of the other games I don't find like as memorable. I guess like Vesperia is interesting villain wise as well mm-hmm. but um i think exilia has a strong set of villains um i don't know if i'm specifically like attached to them if that makes sense yeah but i still think that they're really strong and really help like with making the plot as good as it is i like that they're villains without being like mustache twirling 
generic villain. Yes. Yeah, it's it's something um they're not as stereotypical as some villains can mm-hmm. be. That's what I feel about it. Yeah. I I do like how kind of naive Gaius is portrayed in Zillia too though. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of innocent and taking things almost too seriously or just at face value from what I recall anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But who was, who did you play through on your initial playthroughs or do you have a preferred uh, viewpoint that you like to play this through with? Uh, Jude. Jude. It was Jude. Jude I started route. with Jude. Jude route. Jude's good. Um, I think I just very much see, like, even though it's a game with two protagonists, I very much see, like to see Exilia through the eyes of Jude, because mm-hmm. it, 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 in a way, it's like Mila's story, but it's almost like he's the narrator of the story when you play through yeah. Jude's route. Um, and I, I like the way that felt. I played through both, but I prefer Jude vastly. Mm-hmm. I will say it bummed me out a little bit that there there were no um, cameo special cameo arena battles in mm. the first Exilia game. Oh yeah, that is true. They they were in Exilia too, but there was nothing in Exilia one. And it was kind of a bummer. Oh, you know what? I hadn't thought about that, but you're completely right. Huh? Yeah, and I mean, even Zillia too. Who knows? Uh, but even Zillia too had some some st- standouts. They had Crest, they had Mint, Stan, and Rudy. So like from the early early games. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, but nothing nothing here. Kind of a kind of a bummer. Yeah, kind of a bummer. Hmm. I wonder what drove that like deci- that decision, especially because they did add it in the second game. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was a timing thing or just technology thing. Because this was no, they did the PS or PS3 port of um, Vesperia, so it wasn't tech confusion or something. But yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's. I would. It's a bummer. It, it's a shame to me and a bummer that we're just getting another Symphony remake. Like this game. Give me an HD two like double pack of Exilia and Exilia two. God, that would be amazing. You know, but but the ten year anniversary is coming up next year of that its is true. in North America. Perhaps there could be something. We don't know. I'd I'd be I'd be here for it. And I, I and I feel like every time a new Symphonia port is announced, the voices for Exilia remasters grow louder. Uh, more people jump on that train, I feel like. Um, mm-hmm. Especially with Vesperia having gotten its kind of re-release and everything a few years back. but mm-hmm. <sighs> So good. Anything else that so jumps out to you for uh, Exilia, Haley? I think the most important thing I would like to mention is that there's an extremely fat cat in Tales of Exilia 2. Yeah, and there's a whole there. There was a whole trailer they marketed around Rolo. the fat cat Rolo. Mm-hmm. Real good boy. I think I think they're doing a great job of giving us fat friends as mascots in these games. I agree. I, mm-hmm. Give all the all the cute fat animals or cameo. Yeah, animal characters, please. Bandai Namco. Mm-hmm. It's. I would. You, I'm. I'm curious. Would you be interested to see a Zillia three? Oh yes. Like I. I have such a like un like. Never. I have a never ending amount of loyalty to that game. If they announced Exilia three, I think I would break down crying like on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, yes, give it to me, please, more. And normally I don't feel that way because sometimes I'm like, no, stuff stuff doesn't need like to keep going, doesn't need a sequel, but I just want to keep spending time with the cast and and being in the world. So um, I'm cool if they decided to make another one. What would you want to want them to focus on? More of the cast and whatnot from Zillia Two, or 
um, kind of refocus back on Jude or Mila or a brand new character? Like, what would you want? I... To be, what would your ideal Zillia 3 be? I would definitely like them to shift back to, like, to focus on, like, the original cast with, like, Jude and Mila. Because that's kind of, like, what I was attached to. It was actually interesting to for um, Ludger to be a silent protagonist. Until your second um, playthrough, then you could use Grey to make him talk. Which, in and of itself, was very odd. Yeah, it's very, it's very weird. Um, but, yeah, I think I would prefer the focus be on Jude and Mila, mm-hmm. although thinking about Exilia 2, um, oh my god, her name is escaping me, the little child. What was her name? Um, I'll tickle my tongue. Oh goodness. Anything with the little girl from Tales of Exilia 2 would be great. I would love to see uh, where she's at now. Yeah. Oh, they did kind of tease that, I guess, in... Uh... They did. Mm-hmm. The, There's an ending cutscene. Yeah. Yep. Um, I would adore that. That would be really great. If she was the protagonist, I'd be down for that. Honestly, that'd be really cool. That would be sweet. Now, I remember there was some pushback when Zillia first kind of got its dub that, and I think it was like IGN's review or something mentioned it, of Mila's voice actress, her dub sounding forced and almost robotic. Did you ever have any issues with any of the, the voice work in this game? Um, I think some of the dubbed voices had their moments where they did sound kind of robotic. I didn't think it was terrible, mm-hmm. but there were some, there was some, I feel like Mila sometimes sounded kind of stiff, kind of robotic. Um, I think Jude's voice actor was fine. Sam Regal. Um, the, my mm-hmm. guy, Scanlan Shorthalt himself. And uh, also Yuri's counterpoint in Tales of Vesperia, I am, whose name I am blanking on right now. Uh, oh my god, I can't remember. Uh, I'm talking about um, Flynn? Flynn, yes. Flynn Shifo. We can't, we can't forget about Flynn. Yeah. Flynn, Flynn, good guy. Good boy. Good dude. Um, but yeah, Sam Regal, great boys actor. Love Sam Regal. Um, yeah, great. But yeah. Tales of Azealia, good game. Good game, I think. Confirmed. Confirmed. Good, game. good, good game. Uh, need some more cameo battles and fat cats, though. But besides that, good game. That, you know, but they, they did fix that in the second game. They learned from the error of their ways of the lack of fat cats and lack of cameo battles. It's true. What have, uh, what have the fans been asking for? Fucking fat cats and cameo battles. Exactly. They, and they heard, they heard the fans. I'm trying to remember. You couldn't, I don't think you could pet Rolo in Zillia 2. I think th- that was far before the can you pet it. Uh, yeah, I don't think could, I don't think you could pet Rolo. I feel that I would remember that very clearly. Yeah, that's a shame. See, that's why they need a Zillia three so we can pet Rolo. I agree. It's truth. It's just it's just fact. I, I, I agree. Perhaps he should be the protagonist, and it's just Rolo. a game where you love him. The Rolo raising sim. That's what I think they should do. Yo, they should just do a mascot character tales game. Oh my god, like, I would never Poodle, Rolo, Tipo if you want. Just do Mew from Abyss. Mm-hmm. Just all of it. And I really want a game where I can play as the Wonder Chef. It bums me out. I have that never been able so to. That is so fair. I, so you want a cooking game? Well, not necessarily that, but it's like, why isn't there a game where. You, one of the party members is like a wonder chef in training. Like we have a, like the pirate guy. Uh, I I am so totally blanking on all these staple, um, tales character names tonight. But like the legendary pirate, what's his face that always hides all of his chests and things that you usually get good stuff from. You had in Vesper, you had his kind of ancestor or something. Give me a Wonder Chef to play with. Like, have him hurl around mm-hmm. a frying pan. Yeah. Wear a cool, t- like, chef's hat. It'd be great. I agree. Where's that? 
but maybe next time. I feel like we gotta be like a year or so in the next year, year and a half. We gotta hear something about a new Tales game. Yeah, like the next the, uh, the post Arise game. I agree. I think that's very likely. Here's hoping. Very likely. Yes, indeed. I would like another one. We are not the only ones that like Tales of Exilia, so we are going to go around the web. First up, we have user Panic Center from Reddit. They say, less story elements and more just game design things. I remember particularly loving the sphere grid system Zilia had. Less visual vomit than Final Fantasy X's iteration, and every single node felt impactful. Also, Exilia had its and its sequel had the best use of accessory system in a Tales game to date. The accessories were all dyeable and could be rotated, resized, and put on different body parts, which offered a lot more in the way of customization options than any of the Tales games before or since. Yeah, we didn't even touch on the the Lilium Orb system that let you kind of customize and tailor your your characters to it. Yes, it was very good. I actually loved it. As someone that is a very big fan of the Final Fantasy X Sphere Grid, yeah, I I quite liked it. Have you ever done like a a no Sphere Grid challenge or like stick to like a a character only to their portion of the Sphere Grid? Like yeah, I did. I I have I have done that in ten actually because I played through Final Fantasy ten like three or four different times. Nice. So good stuff. Thanks. You want to take the next one? Uh, yes, I'm happy to take the next one. Um, let's see. So from user Griever twelve six nine one, I loved Exilia. The first spirit climb transition was wild. Neo Kara felt like this otherworldly place, just totally disconnected from the rest of Rizé Maxia. I love the relationship between all the characters. Mila and Jude have just a special bond, and isn't necessarily romantic. And I think that's awesome. They might have overdone Alvin's turn coding a bit too much, but his character is almost my definitive Matthew Mercer experience. Kyat and Muse were intimidating villains. Ex- Exodus was relatable. I haven't played the game in years, but the fact that I remember all these people and even the jargon says something. The sound design and UI design was also top-notch. I'm sorry for the scatterbrained response, but yeah, I loved this game. I completely agree with the comment on it feeling like this otherworldly place. Like, I felt about, yeah. that way about, like, the entirety of the game. That's exactly what Exilia feels like for me. Um, and yeah, I completely agree with, like, the villain comment as well. Like, all the villains, they do feel, like, intimidating, daunting, even. Uh, and him being like, yeah, the fact that I remember all this stuff years later, I'm like, yes, that's exactly it. Like, as someone that doesn't always have the best memory, if I can actively remember things about a game, that means it was a meaningful and like remarkable experience. Especially with a Tales series that has often gone incredibly over the top with their proper nouns and mm-hmm. like just random bullshit RPG names for things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's big. It is a very big uh, boost and like benefit to the game and of how good it is. But next up, we have user Tree Eskimo from Reddit. They say, I think my favorite parts of Exilia had to be the characters, the art style, linked arts, and the UI. Something about the Exilia cast clicked with me more than other tales. They play off each other really well, and I loved how many unique dialogues they had with each other during the post-battle screen. They teased each other, made up victory poses and cheesy dialogues, but you felt like you really cared about each other no matter what. Art style was awesome as well. I hate seeing it's just drawn really well, but it's true. The major world locations were atmospheric. The character designs were colorful yet elegant. Some JRPGs lean too heavy on wacky clothes, but Exilia felt sleek and full of style. The linked arts might be my most favorite. I get a lot of enjoyment from combo attacks between party members, and it was such a fun way to play battles out. UI is my favorite of all tales. Love the character portraits appearing in the upper left during battle, their eyes flashing when activating linked arts, the skits including full body designs during active skits, even the sounds when navigating the menus is a little nostalgic now. And special shout out for Rowan. 
thought his music conductor fighting style was super rad and he had the best mystic art in my opinion. His tidal wave was clutch in a lot of fights too. Plus, it was just nice having an actual old man as a party member instead of a 35-year-old grandpa. We touched on this almost verbatim. Rowan nailed the archetype of wise, distinguished older fellow who has a calm demeanor but can be a badass when serious. I hope to see more like him in future Tales games. Yeah. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the art great. style was great. I completely great. agree. Yeah. yeah. The character art and everything was just mwah, wonderful in this game. Next one? Yes, next one from user Rose4228. I love this game so much. Mila and Jude really have a special place in my heart. One of my favorite moments was when Mila, I guess this is spoilers for the game, got injured and Jude had to take care of her and take her back to his hometown. I don't think I ever saw something like that in a JRPG where the story stops for a hot minute so a character can take care of another character. It was very sweet. Yeah. Yeah, that... That was a really, you know, a really beautiful moment. And, you know, over the years, I had seen people comment on how... I had, I've seen negative commentary on the way that Jude seems, quote-unquote, obsessed with Mila. And, you know, playing through the game, I was like, I never really got the opinion that he was, like, obsessed with her. Mesmerized, maybe. Like, he seemed to be very, like, interested in, like, whatever was going on in her life but I think he genuinely cared about her and it wasn't just you know this obsessive or even romantic thing necessarily because they never end up together if I remember correctly like the like the previous user said it wasn't even necessarily romantic they just had a bond and that's great it was much more I felt of a teacher student or mentor mentee kind of view with with Jude, of course, I definitely felt like Jude viewed Mila, especially early on, as much more of a mentor. And maybe with him being more of the book nerd and kind of more of an introvert, he saw this strong figure going out and doing this and wanting to... It inspired him to become more like that and viewing her as, like I, like I said, like a teacher. Um, I think there was definitely some tent. Not sexual tension, but I, I think he definitely had the hots for her, but... I mean... Oh, for sure. Who wouldn't definitely with Mila, had... you know? <laughs> and at the end of the day, apparently he still was a 15-year-old hanging around with a strong, 20. attractive 20-year-old that commanded the powers of God. So, you know, I, I can see demanded... the attractive nature to, in, in that as well. Oh, for sure. Um... Next up, we have user Nick is Diz from Reddit. Mila's lisp slash poor audio recording equipment in the dub. It was a technical issue from what I remember, but I always thought it was cute. The design of the town Jude and Mila met in, the name escapes me, is very comfy to me, with the soft lighting and everything being in the water. Listening to the opening on repeat, probably my personal favorite in the series. I remember particularly liking the desert town with the river running through it. Jude and Mila's whole dynamic was great, and their chemistry as the game went on was very well developed. Gazongas. <laughs> gotta have it. You gotta have the. You gotta have the gazongas. Completely agree with the everything being on the water. As someone who likes to be on the water, yes, completely agree. And I think that was one of the reasons that town mm-hmm. resonated with me a lot. For me, it's always the color palette, like the dark purples and and everything, but the soft glow from all the trees that just inconspicuously were lit up, and yeah, it's good times. The color palette across the board is very good for that game. Yes. There's something about it. It's very clean. Very good. Yes. Very clean indeed. All right, let's see. Next one from REI Mayor. It's a small thing, and it would happen at random, but I liked how sometimes the characters would speak to you about including them in the fighting party or make comments about the food they liked slash were eating. Yeah, I I think things like that make the characters feel more alive. Mm -hmm. Just like that little attention to detail makes them not quite feel like NPCs. Yeah, it's... 
it really and it helps to establish kind of that the bonds and just general relationships your party has with one another mm-hmm. and makes Absolutely. it feel more organic of a, a friendship or of a team which i appreciate it yeah i i completely agree and thinking about that like i just i've spent a lot of time talking about the characters and the writing and i think it's little things like that that really did make me like develop that bond with the characters even more because you know when you think about how you like connect with people as a general thing it's you know it's not mm-hmm. just these like major points of like bonding it's, it's the little things like building a connection is something that happens over time not something that happens all at once and as you're playing the game it's it really does happen over time these little nice details like make you feel more attached to the characters and make you feel like you're actually getting to know them yeah 100 percent Thank you to each and every one of you who submitted your favorite memories and moments tonight. I very, very much appreciate it and enjoyed reading them. Now you might be wondering, as Haley and I have been discussing this amazing game, you might be wondering where you can get it. Well, unfortunately, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Um, because you really can only buy it now on physical for the PlayStation 3. It was only ever released on the PlayStation 3. Luckily, it's not one of the pricier Tales games like Destiny or um, Destiny 2 on the PlayStation. A used copy of just the disc for the US version of Tales of Exilia is currently going for about 15 bucks. A complete in-box price around 17 bucks, and a new copy, if you can find it, apparently is going for about 30 to 33 bucks. So not too bad. Definitely won't break the bank, and I would say 100% worth even the 30 bucks. Like 100% worth the 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. I'm second that motion. Definitely worth the 30 bucks. It's easily like a game you can dunk at least 60 hours yeah. into. It was worth the 60 bucks when it first released and exactly uh easily worth i would say yeah at 60 bucks it's it's a very it's a very good game so now let's say you have hypothetically gotten yourself a copy or found a way to play a copy and you might be looking for tips or advice um so Haley, do you have any tips or advice for brand new players um my tip for every time someone plays a JRPG is don't run from battles. If you don't run from battles, then you don't have to grind for the most part because you're encountering them. And I know when I was younger, I used to be like, I'm impatient. I got places to be. I got story to, te- to be told. Um, but never run from the battles, uh, first and foremost. And second off, Tales of Exilia does have the option to toggle the difficulty. And there's no shame in that. If you're having a difficult time and it's making the game, like, unpleasant for you, you can just turn down the difficulty. And I think it's really great that, like, we moved into that, like, over the course of the Tales of series. Because I know some bosses I would just get stuck on and I would grind and grind and I would be like, I really just want to move on with the story. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best, that's the best approach um, if you're feeling yourself getting too frustrated. Yeah. My tip would be don't really worry about which character you pick at the beginning, whether you follow quote unquote Jude's side or Mia's Mila's side. It's not that different. It's not like you'll lose access or won't be able to play or control the other character. You will. Um, you might get a couple different cutscenes, but it, it really won't affect your enjoyment too, too much. And just think it's a great reason to go back and play new game plus with the other character too uh on the other side so that would be my tip now we are going to one of my favorite parts of each episode the monster or enemy of the week so Haley, what enemy have you brought to the arena this week i have brought the snow melt murfish and you might be wondering to yourself what do I like about the snow melt murfish? First and foremost, he's just a weird little blue guy standing up on his hind legs. You know, that's what I really, when I, when I think of an enemy, it's, it's usually not, what is this enemy doing to me? It's, what does this enemy look like? I look at him, he's got a little staff, he's a little fish guy standing up. He's relatively easy to kill. I don't think you can go wrong. 
I think he bonks you with an anchor, isn't it? That what isn't that what he uses? A, a little anchor? Maybe it is a little anchor. I always thought it was like a staff, but maybe it's not. I don't remember. Hold it's on. Something. I, it's something. It's some. He bonks you with something. Let's let's leave it he at that. You he good. bonks. He bonks you good. Appreciate a good bonking from a little fish guy. True. True. So now. When you encounter the snowmelt merfish, uh, they will hit you, or they come in at level 28. They have 4,900 HP and 690 TP. Their physical attack is 815, physical defense 735. Its art attack is 503, art defense 403, with a strength value of 499, vitality 399, intelligence 303, psychic Psy, PSY value of 178, agility 394, and dexterity 274. It is weak to fire and electric attacks, and it's strong against water. Luckily, it doesn't absorb any elements. It will, when you vanquish this mighty bonking foe, you'll gain 62 experience and 63 gold, and you will find them in the Mon Highlands. They will also drop the herb or a panacea bottle and you can steal herbs from them as well. Apparently, mm -hmm. uh, they like the herb. They, they like the herb. They bonk you and do the herbs. Honestly, I relate to both of those things. Well, Haley, thank you so much. That's going to do it for this episode of RPG University. Thank you so much, Haley, for coming on in your own actual episode. Um, I think I'll have to have you back on to gush about Tales of Berseria or Exilia 2 at some point. Because yes. both of those desperately need their own ep episodes as well. I could not agree more. There's a lot to say about both of those games. Agreed. Agreed. But where can people find you online? What do you have cooking? Go ahead and plug away your stuff. Twitter is uh, going to be my best one. If you want to follow me, um, it is at HeyOrzia, which is spelled H-A-Y, like like my name, and then O-R-Z-E-A. It is a combination of my name and Aorzia, which tells you exactly how strongly I feel about Final Fantasy fourteen. Which isn't a lot, because you obviously didn't have a lot of any memories to share for episode 100. Clearly not, you know, maybe it's less than I think it is. You poser, you poser. Uh, imposter syndrome, imposter. you mean? You are, you are super sus right now. Uh, really, yeah. Completely, completely and utterly <laughs> sus. The most, the most sus. I'm going to get voted off. I'm going to get voted off. Yeah. I'm going to be kicked out into space. <laughs> but no, thank you so, so much for being on. It's always a, a pleasure and a joy to talk to you, Haley. So, and, it, and it's always great to talk about Tales of Exilia and Tales games in general. So it was a, a, a double bonus. Yes, absolutely. It's always always great to chat. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. And thank you to each and every one of you who's listened today. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast services. I'd really appreciate it. If you have an RPG you would like us to feature on an episode, tweet at underscore RPG University with the hashtag RPGU with your suggestion, or you can share your own favorite RPGs and stories directly with me on Twitter at ProfessorRPG. As always, stay safe. Stay healthy, be kind to one another, and I'll see you next week for episode 100 of RPG University. Class dismissed.